Welcome back to So Every Soul Sings Worship for the Real Church. I'm Bethany Pedigo. I'm here with my friend Rod Ellis. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. We are recording this in the COVID pandemic. It's been yeah. many months now, four or five months in. The world has yeah. changed. It feels like the whole world has changed in every yeah. arena, but church certainly has changed. And even as we come hopefully to the end of the shutdowns and the restrictions, you know, we hope we're coming to the end. We don't know that for sure. My kids are supposed to go back to school next week, but we don't know. As we come to the end of the shutdowns and the restrictions, churches have either begun meeting in person again or soon will be, hopefully. And I was uh, reading a blog post by Tom Rainier. Rainer? Rainer, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about the, from his conversations that he has had with people, this is not from a formal study, but from anecdotal conversations with many, many church leaders. They indicate that between 20 and 30% of members will not be coming back at all it may be people who it may be people who were not involved in small groups and relationally connected it may be people who as you said in an earlier podcast take every opportunity to miss church Mm -hmm. you know it's just one other thing in their schedule so when we do get back together who's coming back and why why would people be coming back in the first place yeah, it's mid-August 2020. So just in case there's no timestamp available where you're listening, uh, middle of August 2020 as we're recording, schools are starting to go back. Uh, college professors are being told if necessary, sometime in the next two weeks, we might have to send students home. Um, there are schools that have started meeting that have already decided not to meet somewhere in our country. Um, there are businesses that are switching to completely virtual workforces. It, it is a seismic shift in the way that our culture is behaving. Some people feel like church is dangerous right now, physically, in terms of their health. And yeah. so they are afraid to come back. Um, yeah. Others feel like church is worth it, even if it's dangerous. And so they are willing to go back, um, want to go back, don't want to wear masks. Uh, you know, the gamut is as wide as there can be a gamut, at least in the conversations I have. So um, when people begin to feel like they have to make a decision about whether or not to come back, and, and I don't know how that we're going to figure that out. I, I think that's statistical um, hocus pocus. So whatever. But at some point, somebody who used to go to your church is going to sit down by themselves or with their spouse or with their family, and they're going to say, you think we ought to go back? Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, it's not going to be like it was two generations ago when the answer is a self-evident, of course, we're going to go back because we're committed to be a part of our church. Mm-hmm. My parents' generation, and especially my grandparents' generation, it was not a question. You were Absolutely. committed and your commitment was what bound you to the church, which yes. meant you went to church if it was terrible and you right. went to church if it was um, ugly and you went to church if you couldn't stand the person you said, you just went because you were committed. but. Somewhere around my generation, or maybe even a little bit before that, 
um, that kind of level of commitment um, changed and it really yeah. became more a commitment to something that was excellent or a commitment that something that met your needs. And mm -hmm. so it was a little more selfish, but there was still some level of commitment in that. I would say a generation ago, it might have been great preaching and great music that would mm -hmm. bring you to the church. And we have had some great preaching and some great music and they have brought people to church. But now, you know, I can hop on YouTube and I can watch better music than exists in my town, not just my church. I can find better preaching. Well, maybe not because of my preacher, but in general, <laughs> I can find the best preaching in the world online. So why would I go to church for great music or great preaching when it will come to my family room or my device or whatever in a heartbeat? And so I don't think that unlike my generation and people around that, or maybe a few years ago, uh, I don't think that they would have said, I'll go because it's great preaching or great music right. or great worship experience or whatever. Um, yeah. For this generation, and by that, I include myself because I'm being generous with myself because I'm too old. But <laughs> I will say for, for Gen X and younger, for millennials especially, yeah. Um, for for the, the generation behind them, which is called too many things to guess. Um, yeah, I, really I don't think even the only, know. Yeah. The only reason they're going to come back is because there is a presence there with a capital P. Mm -hmm. They're not going to come back for a product with a lowercase p. We can't market them into the church. They are being marketed into things that are of higher quality than most of us will ever have the opportunity to be a part of. However, nothing is as powerful as the presence of God. Nothing yeah, is as transformative. Nothing is as Amen. attractive. Nothing is as compelling. Nothing is as hope-filled. Nothing is as powerful. Did I say powerful yet? Because I just think powerful, powerful, powerful. When you are in the undeniable presence of God, you cannot help but want to stay there and come back to there. And so I think it is incumbent upon us as worship leaders and as pastors and as worship team members to do all that we can to make sure that we are, gosh, you can't contrive, you can't stir up, you can't ensure the presence of the Holy Spirit. But there are some things that you can do, and there are some things that you can do to hinder the Holy Spirit. And so I think that's where we focus our efforts. Not that we deny excellence in music and preaching, sure. because I actually think excellence is one of the things that can lead to or facilitate people's awareness. Um, a lack of excellence can block their ability to encounter the presence of God. Now, it, there, there's a theological statement that needs, really needs to be made here, and that is that the Holy Spirit is never dependent upon us. <laughs> Just consider the burning bush, like there was no church around. <laughs> there, there was no organ, there were no drums, there was no worship leader, there was no preacher. There was just a bush in the middle of the desert, and Moses, who had walked by that bush thousands of times, walked by, and God said, I'm going to make myself known. And God has that prerogative every time, everywhere, for all time. So that, but, that's not the kind of thing we're talking about. Yeah. There I think God houses. just likes to use people. <laughs> he yeah. just likes it it's his favorite. blows my mind it blows my mind yep um he partners with us not because he needs us but because he loves us and because he wants that for us you know god could have parted the red sea even if moses didn't hold up his staff 
but he did That's it. Right. God yep. could have named all the animals, but he had Adam do it. I mean, yep. you could just no. go on and on and on with, you yeah. know, places in scripture where God could have just sovereignly moved and he right. used a person. Yep. Why? He likes yeah. it. <laughs> he does. He loves us so much. And, and he loves what we get out of it. I, I really believe that. When he gets to partner with us or we get to partner with him and we see God move, I, I think God delights in what that does for us. Yes. And I say that because I'm a dad. And yes. I know that that's my relationship with my daughters. If my daughters partner with me to do something and it turns out beautifully, whether that's a gift for their mom at Christmas time or whether that's a holy moment in church is kind of irrelevant. But the partnership that I have with my child, my goodness, I know what that does for my child. And, and so I want to partner with them to do things like that. And God is a better dad than I am in every conceivable yeah. way. So, he desires yeah. our, our greatest good and our greatest joy. And our greatest joy and our greatest good is partnering with him to bring the right. kingdom to earth, heaven coming to earth. So there are three things I think we can do to work with the Father. There are more than three. I promise there are more than three. But here are three things that we can do to partner with our good God to, um, I, I can't say ensure, but to make the chances the best they can be that people will have an encounter with the presence of God. They are pray, plan, and evoke. Pray, which we've talked about, like a whole podcast about praying. We could do a podcast, every other podcast about praying because it is a bottomless pit of beauty. Plan and evoke. So the first thing I, I would just say, pray without ceasing. Pray, pray without ceasing. Pray, pray, pray. But pray for the Holy Spirit to manifest his presence. You know, Second Chronicles chapter five or so. I don't I, I probably don't have the chapter right, but somewhere around there, that the temple is being dedicated, yes. and and the glory of God shows up in such a way that the priests can't stand in the building anymore. Yeah, it's amazing. They couldn't perform their service because of yep. the cloud, because the yep. glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Man, I think that should be every worship leader's desire. Yeah, that God and was prayer. so filled. And prayer that God would yeah. so fill the place where we minister that we couldn't even play or sing. And it's right. happened, you know, in various ways. I think you've probably yeah. experienced a moment like that. And it's, yep. it's like heaven, you know, it really is. It is. Uh, I have moments of that when I'm watching YouTube. I, the first time I watched, we've talked about the blessing from Elevation Worship. The yes. first time I watched that, it was just like, oh my goodness. Like there's, this is just a holy moment. And I was watching a TV screen. The Holy Spirit can do that anywhere in whatever way that the Holy Spirit wants to do that. So let's just beg the Holy Spirit to do where we're leading worship. Please come Holy Spirit. Um, I think in Hebrew, the word for that kind of glory is Shekinah. It's the Shekinah glory of God. Beg God to come in such a way that his presence is undeniable. There's an old song that we used to sing when I was a kid called Sweet, Sweet Spirit. Oh, yes, I know it. Sweet heavenly dove, stay right here with us, filling us with your love. Um, without a doubt, we'll know that when we leave this place that, that your presence has been here. That's what we want. And, yeah. and we, it's good to want it. It's better to ask God for it. So pray. Mm -hmm. Pray specifically for that. You might even, if, if that's not normal in your church or if that's not even occasional in your church, you might even fast for that. Pick mm -hmm. a day. Pray and fast. Invite people in your ministry to do it with you, because if the presence of God is there, people are going to want to be there. They're going to want to come back. In fact, people who 
Tom Rayner says won't come back, they'll come back for that. What they won't come back for is what they were getting before if that wasn't a part of what they were getting before. The second thing I would say is plan. So plan, but plan prayerfully. When you're planning, start with prayer. And then if you're stuck, stop and pray. And when you're finished, pray and make make sure that your planning is bathed in prayer. Remember that since God inhabits the praise of his people, you want to plan services so praise will happen. It's amazing to me, looking back over the thousands of services I've planned, I'm sure many of them never had a text of praise that I asked people to sing. Well, how can I expect God to inhabit the praise of his people if I don't give them a lyric of praise to sing? So make sure you do that. Plan in such a way that the spirit would be invited in, would be welcomed in, would be, um, uh, gosh, um, you can't plan the spirit in, but you can plan to do the things that the spirit chooses to inhabit. And one of those things you can is make right. room or make space, I think is, right. is one way to think about it. Uh, Martha and I spoke at the first relay worship conference about planning mm-hmm. with the spirit. And it's that's before the service, during the service and after the service, you lead by the spirit. The spirit yeah. will lead you. I know you put that at the end of your notes, but I think it goes right yeah. here <laughs> that in, as you plan, you're doing it with the Holy Spirit. So ask the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is the helper. My favorite name right. for the Holy Spirit. Right. I just love it. I tell my kids that all the time. You have a helper. You mm-hmm. have a helper. And that helper is to guide us into truth, is to convict us of sin, it's to remind us of the things that Jesus taught us. All of these things the Holy Spirit does, we desperately need them, and we need them in our planning for our services. So the Holy Spirit can help you plan ahead ahead of time, but also in a service will lead you, and then after a service is over, will also lead you to do certain things to follow up, maybe on something that happened during the service. Absolutely. And the Martha that Bethany just mentioned is Martha Christian, our, our dear friend from Broadway United Methodist Church here in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Shout out to Martha. Um, so, yeah, plan prayerfully, plan spiritually. I know that sounds just so, I don't know, churchy. Hokey. Um, but it, it, I started <laughs> to say hokey. Yeah. Uh, but plan spiritually. Don't just plan logistically or thematically or whatever, but plan spiritually. So yes, the spirit's role is, is core for that. And then evoke. Um, this is actually going to be the theme of the Relay Worship Conference in February of 2021. Evoke. It's a beautiful word. Think of evocative. Think of evoking. Evoke simply means to draw out. Here's the most magnificent thing I have learned recently about worship. People who are walking with Jesus have praise in them. My job is to evoke out of them what's already in them. My job is not to make them do something, push them to do something, manipulate them to do something, force them to do something. My job Mm -hmm. is simply to call out what's already in them. That's what it means to evoke. And so evoke. Don't provoke. That's pushy. That's pushing. If I provoke Mm -hmm. my child to anger, that means I'm pushing their buttons. Provoke is not the right approach, but evoke is. It's leading. So draw out of your people what's already in them. What's in them is praise for their Savior. And you do that in in a thousand ways. 
Uh, we've talked about this in other episodes of the podcast, but one of the ways that I evoke is I use the band to make the most of the lyrics so that the lyrics can make the most of Jesus. When, mm-hmm. when there's a moment, for example, a week from Sunday, we're going to do the blessing. Um, yeah. I'm going to add a stop at coming out of the bridge right before the chorus so that when we sing the amen one more time at the end, there's just this moment of crash and that will evoke a deeper amen than there was the time before. There are tiny musical choices that you can make that will evoke, but you have to think through that ahead of time. You have to consider how can I use the people that I have, whoever they are. If all you've got is a guitar player and a cajon player, they should not all play the same way all the time. Instead, Mm -hmm. use the two of them to evoke what the text is already saying. You're going to draw out of the text what makes much of Jesus, what makes praise more uh, re-engaging. And so pray and plan and evoke. I think the word evoke is very similar to the word remember. Hmm. We're just causing people to remember the good things that God has done yeah, for them. It's already and in that causes praise and worship to come as a, right. as a response because worship is always a response. We never initiate worship. Right. Ever. Yeah. However, a temptation of every artist who stands on stage in any context, including worship leading is to make something happen. Yes. And, and that is usurping the role of the Holy spirit. It's the Holy spirit's job to make something happen. And when the Holy spirit, when you make it happen, people aren't going to come back. But when the Holy Spirit makes it happen, people will want to come back. And that is a key difference in what will help people want to come back when they have to make the decision about whether or not they're going to come back. One more giant thing. And, and we've, we've hinted around it, talked around it, said it straight out. But I just have to say again, lead in and by the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says, I'm going to pray with the mind. I will pray with the Spirit also. I will sing with the mind. I will sing with the Spirit also. That's verse 15. This praying and singing with the Spirit is a little bit more Spirit-filled than most of my Baptist friends would be comfortable with. It's being in the Spirit. Mm-hmm. We, we kind of want to make sure that the Holy Spirit has his seat in the back right-hand corner, but <laughs> we don't want to be immersed in the Spirit. Paul's talking about this act of being, um, I am completely... I don't know that I would say lost because the mind has something to do with that. That's why I think he puts mind and spirit together because there is order to that. There is thoughtfulness to that. There is mindfulness to that, but there is a spirit filled nature of your leadership that will, that will help people connect with the presence of God. The same thing Mm -hmm. is true for your team. And so we have to lead our teams to be in the same way spirit saturated spirit immersed i like that word immersed because it's very similar to baptism i mean john the baptist said that jesus would baptize us with the spirit and with fire right it's it's jesus who baptizes us in the spirit but again like we talked about earlier he wants us to partner with him in that and so in that sense it's much more of a relationship it is than it is an event that happens one time, you know, and we can all, all have great events, right? That's a great experience with the presence of God that we can look back on and say, Oh, wow, that was awesome. 
but it, it really is more importantly, I believe, a ongoing relationship that becomes more and more and more of a partnership where it takes up more and more and more space, kind of like you were talking about dying to self and Jesus living in you. Well, Jesus lives through us by the Holy Spirit. And that should be growing. So we should become, be becoming immersed in the Holy Spirit more and more as we grow in our relationship with Christ and, and with the Trinity. And that will become evident. It will become manifested, meaning making visible what's invisible by our actions. That's what we are talking about. Yeah. And I would say that that's going to look different according to your personality, your gifting, and your tradition. And sure. that's okay. Yeah. If you're in a tradition and your personality and your temperament are such that you're in a, in a Pentecostal church, that's going to be more uh, on the surface. It's going to be more demonstrative. It's going to be different from if you're in a Presbyterian church where the Holy Spirit is just as present. He just manifests his presence differently. And, and that's okay. You have permission. It's okay for the Holy Spirit to work differently in different places. I've been to East Africa. It's different there. The Holy yeah. Spirit looks different there in the lives of the people who worship him. I've been in Southern United States. I've been in the Northern United States. It looks different there because the Holy Spirit is able to work where the Holy Spirit is invited in that context. And so, mm -hmm. you know, he's a better sociologist than we are. He can get into your church body. He can get into your ministry team and he can manifest his presence in the way that works best there. And so don't let the external expectations of what that looks like discourage you from seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I promise you that in the early 1800s, the Holy Spirit was evident in New England in ways that were different from what you and I could ever experience now. We don't live in the 1800s in New England, but there were great revivals that broke out there because the Holy Spirit was at work. So trust that that's going to be different for you from what it is for someone else, but don't be satisfied without it. The, mm -hmm. the Celtics refer to the Holy Spirit as, as the wild goose, and it's because it's like a wild goose chase to chase after the Holy <laughs> Spirit, and, and that's a beautiful image. Mm -hmm. So chase after the Holy Spirit. and and don't let anything keep you from it. Pray and plan and evoke and do all of that immersed in the spirit. And you will discover, I think, I really do believe this. You will discover that the church you are leading worship in or the part of the team that, that you serve with in your church is going to have the presence of God in such a way that people won't be able to stay away. It's not just will they come back or what will bring them back. They can't help themselves. And that's what Jesus does. He said, if I'm lifted up, I will draw all people. So our yes. job is to lift him up and let him do the drawing. And really, I've been saying this uh, for several months that COVID, uh, even though it's not a good thing in and of itself, but the, the results of it, I believe, are for the good of God's going to use it for the good of his people. I believe it has been a resetting time and a pruning time for the church. And what is the purpose of pruning? It's to increase fruitfulness. I believe that is our destiny. It is yeah, our worship, destiny. Worship on the other side of the coronavirus epidemic may actually be better than it was before. I believe it has to be. <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> please, Jesus. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we, do it again. Yeah. Do it again, yeah. Lord. Absolutely. And so I, I don't know, you, you may already be doing all those things and you may be already doing those things well. But if there's a part of what we just talked about that you're not doing well, I would just encourage you to figure out how to do it a little better. And, and if you're not sure if you're doing them well, ask the people around you because they're going to know. And they may be afraid to tell you. But if you just say, hey, do you have a sense that I pray when I'm planning worship? Or do you have a sense that I plan in the spirit? Or when we're together, do you, do you get pick up on the idea that I'm trying to evoke? And you may have to explain what that means. But those are beautiful conversations to have with team members or congregation folks because they're going to help you see the things that you can't see. And that's going to help you be a better leader. So I just, I hope that you will find a way um, to do all that you can to do to partner with the Holy Spirit to manifest his presence when the people of God gather together again. Because that's what's going to not just draw them, it's what's going to change them. It's going to, it's what's going to empower them to change our world and our world needs Jesus. I, I believe yeah. that more than I've ever believed in my life. Any closing thoughts, Bethany? Psalm 105.5, remember the wonders that he has done, his marvels and the judgments he has pronounced. Uh, we need to remember we need to be called to remember all of these good things. Yeah, and, and the lyric that popped in my mind when you read that is unrelated. But Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. you know, if, if that's not a song that you sing, that's okay. But it can be a prayer that you pray. Absolutely. And it can be a prayer that you teach your team to pray. That the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit will not go where he's not welcomed, and so you can prevent the Holy Spirit from being present in your worship space by not welcoming him as a church. Mm -hmm. So the more people in your congregation who are welcoming of the Holy Spirit, the greater permission we give. And again, God doesn't need our permission, but he, I think theologically he chooses to give us the right of refusal to say, no, I don't want the Holy Spirit yes. and he will not force that on us. Yes. So. So pray, welcome, encourage your people to do the same. I think it could change the, 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 the North American church at least if we were to begin to think this way beyond the ways that we have already been thinking this way. Because the deeper you go into the mysteries of God, the deeper the mysteries of God go. Thank you, Tim Harris, for that quote. I love that so much. <laughs> Thank you for yeah, listening. Yeah, I'll tell ahead. you what, if, if your service is filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit, people's souls will sing. They will. Yeah. They won't be able to help it. And and that's just, it's not because God made them do it. Like he forced your soul to sing, your people's souls to sing. It's that he will have become so present that their souls can't help it. It's what our souls were made to do. Our creator made us to sing to him. So yeah, thank you for that. That's beautiful. Um, again, help us friends, spread the word, uh, like, rate, review, whatever, share on social media share with your friends. If there's a particular friend that you know that's struggling in this area, I would encourage you to share this particular podcast with them and then incur and, and invite them to a conversation and offer to help. Just say, I, I feel like maybe you've expressed to me in the past that this is hard for you. I want to help you. Um, maybe that's the way we build our tribe better is instead of Bethany and me trying to do all of the um, 
the encouraging and inspiring of, of soul singers. Um, maybe, you know, it's just time for you to reach out to somebody else and see how you can help because you're listening to this, which means you're already getting help and they may not be. And, and God does choose to work through his people and you're one of his people. He loves it. He likes it. (laughs) Yes. I'm so glad he does. Oh my goodness. The best moments of my life have been because he loves that. Um, so thank you for listening, sharing. Um, you're awesome. Uh, we love you listeners. We look forward to, to connecting with you the next time.